Hi and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. This podcast focuses on connecting with people from all different backgrounds and walks of life from around the world. Throughout this podcast you'll listen to people's stories, their experiences, the trials and tribulations that they've overcome, why they do what they do and current trends. Topics may vary from personal development, mindset, people sharing stories, authors, coaches, ex-military personnel, professionals and everyday people in walks of life. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as I aim to connect with people for them to share their story, their experiences and why they do what they do because I have a deep interest in humans and providing valuable content to the audience. If you would like to be on this podcast, you can email me at thepositivitypodcast.gmail.com in the notes. You can connect with me on social media in the notes, Positivity94 on the Instagram. If there's any tips, any advice, any feedback, I would highly, highly appreciate it. So let's get into the show. Thank you for your support and I hope you enjoy this episode. Subscribing really, really helps and, you know, I appreciate all your support. Um, I hope you enjoy this show. In this podcast, I'm joined by my good friend Vic Kinsella. Vic Kinsella is a plant manager of a factory company in Canada, British Columbia. So I hope you enjoy what we talk about. We talk about mindset and much, much more. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Possibility, 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 Tune in. Vic, it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast again. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much, Adam. Long time waiting. You and I have been uh, trying to connect. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, hasn't it? And, um, you know, it's just trying to allocate time zones and work and everything else. But it's, you know, it's really great always chatting to you. And, um, you know, before we click record, we was just kind of talking about, you know, you were talking about like workplaces and, you know, perspective and, you know, taking like a minute to stop and just kind of think about where you are. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, just uh, we actually started getting into some good stuff before the record hit, but uh, just a continuation, you know, uh, some of the mentoring I've been doing, people ask me, uh, you know, should I switch jobs? There's a very competitive job uh, offer or it's the same job uh, that I'm doing now, but with a more structured company, should I change? So that's, that's where I have them write down all the pros and cons of each company, take a look at wages, compensation. Uh, if they can network with somebody from the other company that's asked them to uh, come and interview. And 
the biggest piece of advice is, you know, I, I tell people, do it, do it. If, if you've been at a job for seven, eight years, that's awesome. But if tomorrow they let you go, how are you going to make sure your skills are perfect so that when you go out to interview, you look good and you're presentable? And, you know, my HR manager has asked me to sit in on some interviews with likely candidates for my facility. And people will come in, they've worked at a job for 10, 15 years, now they're out of work. And you can see they're very nervous. They haven't done an interview in 10 or so years, they're very nervous. And that's why I always, always tell people to, you know, book a half a vacation day and Go and interview. It keeps your, you, you understand what HR uh, managers or, you know, uh, directors, plant managers, so on and so forth. You understand what it is they're going to ask you. And then you can always think of that stuff. And then when the dream job comes up, you go over the questions that you've been asked at various interviews and you can, you can refine those skills. And that's, that's something that a lot of people don't think about. They, I had one individual said that a great opportunity came up, but his company was a really good company and he felt like, like he was jumping ship and literally like he was cheating on them. And it's, you know, that's, that's fine. That's that fear, right? But if you get past that fear and go and apply for the job at the, at the end of it, it's you who decides whether or not you want to move on. If they, they give you an offer and you still don't feel comfortable about it, and you still love where you're working, then stay. You just have to say no. It's, it's that simple. But the experience, that's what you really need to get. The more experience you get, you know, every single time I've applied for a position, I've been told that I interview amazing. And that's, I've done lots of interviews. I've studied it, I've got ready, I associate with a lot of HR people, I find out the questions they're asking. And when I go in, it's, it's like a cakewalk. You know, you've studied. When you do an exam, you study, it's easy. You don't study, it sucks, right? And you fail. And that's, that's the biggest thing I, I explain to a lot of the mentees that, you know, I mentor is take a chance, get out of that fear, go live the experience if they say no and you really wanted that job they say no not a problem that door closes but another door is going to open and you're going to be better prepared right and you know people's perception is if they say no i'm not good enough that's it so i'm going to stay here in this job that you know technically uh, I, I may not like, you know, I hate my job, blah, blah, blah. But I interviewed for the, the dream job and I got rejected. Therefore, you know, I suck. That's it. This is, this is life. But you have to look at it as, okay, I failed, but it was a learning experience. Now I have information. So when another dream job comes up, I can use that, you know, that's my armament and away I go. But a lot of people will not switch that perception, right? Like, like if I say this is a white mug, that's my perception. If you're colorblind, you may say, well, that's not a white mug, it's a gray mug. That's your perception. 
And that's what in society right now, we don't do a lot of, you know, you see somebody that's homeless on the street, he's homeless. Okay, well, it's perception. Why is he homeless? How do you know he's homeless? There's people that are found out, you know, there's investigations done. And sometimes there's homeless people that aren't even homeless and drive a Mercedes. But it's easier to go out and collect $200 a, a day on the street than it is to actually get a job, right? So it's, you know, you got to switch that perception. And that's, that's a really big thing for, for me right now. And what I put into my karate students and, and my workers is just, okay, let's flip the perception. Okay, you're telling me happening, but why and what's going on? And, you know, what's your take on it? Okay, that's your take. Now, take, take the worker and go over there and put yourself in their shoes, right? We always hear that. Put yourself in my shoes. But if you push that and push a working culture where we flip that perception, then people start to think, start to see the experiences that they're losing. And then they thrive and they look for that. They look for the opportunity to learn. Yeah, no, definitely. I, um, I mean, that's a really, really good point. And, you know, you talked about the change of the perception because like we go through life sometimes and we just see things as, you know, as they, as they are, but not kind of peeling those layers back and questioning certain things as to, you know, why is that person in that place, for example, the homeless person, you know, there's, there's things that have happened for that person to be in that place. And sometimes we just, like you said, you said like the color of things, I've got a, a jumper that I have, but my girlfriend says it's like, um, it's Navy. And I'm like, it's not Navy, it's black. But then if I take a step back and I look at it properly in a different light and change my perception, it is kind of Navy, but that, do you know what I mean? But, you know, we, we, we just become like, so um, accustomed to, it's easier to see something and go, oh, well, that, that's, that's a red top. Do you know what I mean? Or because it's what our mind is telling us, but in general life, and you tie that into interviews, I like, you know, you, who's meant to my interviews, um, the fact that people will go and have an experience and then if they don't get that job, they ultimately think, well, I'm not good enough. Yes. And then that, that might then cascade and then affect them for the next time. But like you said, the more you have, the better you get at them. And, you know, you said you've had lots of interviews Yes. And I've had, I've had lots of interviews as well, so I can relate to that. But if you, like you said, you mentioned if you don't plan and you, and you don't do the research, you're probably not going to be as effective as the person who's doing the research on certain things. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, on the perception, you know, it's funny, uh, just a side story on the perception. I was telling a friend of mine that, uh, man, it is such a beautiful day out. The sky is such a vivid blue. And he looked at me and he laughed. And I said, what? And he goes, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, it's a beautiful day out. Beautiful blue sky. And he's like, well, I'm colorblind. And he goes, the sky looks green to me. So <laughs> right there, it's like, well, that's my perception. Blue sky. His perception, green sky, right? But yeah, it's, 
everybody's got a different perception and the people that actually start reading into that and actually understanding, you know, that goes into everyday conversations, your opinion, my opinion. But if my opinion is strong, your opinion's strong, we're just going to sit there and butt heads all day. But if we stop and think and have a really open debate, you can put yourself in my shoes. I put myself in your shoes. Now it's a win-win situation. And we take a little bit each. We may not disagree or we may not agree on the outcome, but at least now we know the different avenues and how other people are perceiving that, that, that position, right? And that's really important to communication is trying to uh, break down that barrier and get it so that everybody thinks or, or comes up with suggestions. If you got a society where it's my opinion counts and, you know, I'm, I, I have more uh, degrees than you or, you know, I have more experience than you, therefore, this is how it's going to be done. It's, it holds a high performing team back. And that's where you want to nurture and really foster that, that perspective and that, that healthy debate, not an unhealthy debate where people respect each other enough to say, okay, well, this is what I'm seeing. And what, okay, explain to me your avenue so I can, you know, walk me through the process and here's what I'm seeing. I'll walk you. And then you're going to find that that's, that's going to get people to gravitate more to each other and make them more interdependent so that they actually, they crave that. Now, when they, they see a process change in action or, or something that they could change in the process, make it more efficient or safer, then they want to bounce it. They, they, they crave that. They want to go to their workmate and say, hey, what do you think? Instead of this is stupid. That's stupid, right? I've, I've been in factories many, many years, you know, 27 years in manufacturing and as I get older, I get more mature, the more, the more books I read, the more education I pick up on little courses, you really start to understand how important communication is and bringing that uh, perception in. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And I think like, you know, like the way you communicate and, you know, that working as a team and how, you know how we think because like you said people have their opinions and they'll say well this is how this works and this is xyz and yes. it takes a lot for people to put that aside and then sit with themselves and reason with someone else and ask them what they think and have a discussion about it because i think sometimes people are reactive and it might be coming from their ego they might be have some kind of form of self-righteousness or they've never really been they've not really been challenged or sat down and listened to someone if that makes sense so then yes, yes. you know like if you're working in a team especially you have to be able to listen don't you to your colleagues or you know if you're a manager you have to be able to manage people effectively in the right way yes yes yeah, the, the biggest struggles, uh, I took office in uh, an amazing facility and the company I work for is, it, it's brilliant. It's, it's an amazing company, but 
they had purchased a smaller cabinet making uh, company, bought them out, and then they came in with their ideas and everything's amazing. You know, the, the thought structure, the team dynamics, the only problem is, is you get down onto the floor and you've got people that have been doing it for 20 years a certain way. And the change management at the time was not very effective. It was like, we're changing, that's it. You know, this is how we do it. And some of these, we call them old, old school uh, thought. They, they just rebut everything. They don't, they don't look at a different perspective. It's just, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And we've always done it that way. But that's two of the most poisonous statements in manufacturing. You know, just because you've done it that way and it's made money for a great many you can't change and build up to something faster, more productive, safer, uh, easier on the body, easier on the, you know, the employees. But people don't see it that way. And some people will, they're, they work hard and they take great pride in working hard. But if I can get you to change and give me the same results with less effort. Now, the lazy person would say, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you can make my job even easier. I'm for it. But you get some of these really old school individuals that, you know, if they're not sweating at the end of the day, the day sucked. And you can prove to them time and time again that this is the better way. It's more efficient. You're working less. You're moving less. It's easier on your body. And, you know, no, no, that's not how work's supposed to be done. And we have, Canada is a very large melting pot of cultures. So you get, you get different pockets of cultures that some days <laughs> it's hard. It's very, very hard. You know, you, you've got some of these people that they're workaholics and they beg for overtime every day. It's like, go home, relax. You did amazing this week, you know? And it's like, no, I want the overtime. Well, why do you want the overtime? Do you need money? Because I can find other jobs in the factory that you can do and try and make sure you get some more money. And it's like, no, 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 no. I just, I don't feel like I worked hard enough today. I just want to, I want to work another hour and push out some more product. And it's like, wow, like just go home, <laughs> have dinner, have some fun, watch some TV, do, you know, do a hobby. But <clears throat> it's a, it's, it's an amazing adventure, but it can also be extremely frustrating trying to break that barrier down. And that's where over the years, communication, 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 constant, you know. Uh, if you have somebody that just resists change, left, right, and center, you, you don't have to spend a lot of time with them. Uh, I've seen people where they're out there trying to cater to different thought patterns. And it gets to the point where a lot of your resources are stretched thin because you're, uh, in my opinion, babysitting and micromanaging. But all it takes is a, you know, a quick walk of the floor every morning, ask how the process is going, you know, pros and cons, how you feeling? Okay, let's try this. Hey, give me a couple of days, try this out. And just 
very quick coaching, continuous coaching, con continuous communication, show the numbers, you know, a lot of companies, if they get huge productivity gains, they don't go running out on the floor right away and say, hey, you know, we made X amount of extra parts. And, but me, if, if we made extra parts that day, it's like, hey, we're doing awesome. You know, I get the supervisors together. Hey, guys, like, look, this, this is your efforts. And this is because we're changing the process. And it's, you know, breaking down that some of the harder thought patterns, it is so challenging, but at the end of it, it, it can be very rewarding, very rewarding. And I think that's, you know, like probably part of the human condition. Sometimes people get into certain ways of behaving, working, and if something is delivered certain X, X, Y, Z amount of results and the company's doing well, then some people probably think, well, why change that if, you know, these cogs are working and it's producing X, Y, Z, you know, amount of funds or whatever, or people are happy. And I think, you know, I think like the company I work for are trialing, I haven't got it, but um, certain departments and some offices have got like four day work weeks. So they're trialing a four day work week and mm -hmm. seeing how people, you know, are with it, you know, because they've said like it, 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 it produces better pro productivity if yes. people are working four days a week so yes. like you said it's just trying things out and trying it but i was saying to my colleague you know we're very over in the west i think especially in uh great britain it's very much like you know go 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 you know work 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 um do what you gotta do but sometimes yes. like you know you have to probably take a step back and think you know is this working but i you, you know what you were saying is being that person to say, okay, well, slow things down, maybe try this, you know, there's that thing, isn't they like work smarter, not harder. Someone's yes. said that to me once. So I said, I need to work smarter, not harder because, you know, I, I think when I first started in this role, I was kind of doing everything all at once instead of planning ahead so much. So by planning ahead, you're not having to do everything last minute. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Planning in, in any structure, whether it be manufacturing or just, you know, IT or even at a mechanics shop, the more you plan ahead, the, the easier your day is. It's, it's hard to get into any job, even fixing a car. Uh, you know, when you fix a car, you know, somebody's coming in, there's a loud knock in the engine, you know, roughly what it is, plan ahead, get the parts in, you know, or take a, take a quick look, get the parts in. And then when the car comes in, boom, 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 you fix it. Um, and just, just staying on the mechanic theory, you know, I, myself, you know, I've taken a car to a bad mechanic. My car goes in, he says, okay, it's this and so on and so forth. And then two days later, my car's still not fixed. And four days later, my car's still not fixed. And five days later, and it's like, oh my God. So then you take your car to a different mechanic. Oh yeah, I, I know what that is. Don't worry, it's safe to drive. Your car will be fine. I'll have the parts in tomorrow, bring it in tomorrow. An hour later, you're out the door. Your bill is a quarter of what it was the other, other place. So 
where am I going to go back to and who am I going to tell Adam to go to, right? So that's continuing and creating more business. Therefore, it's more efficient, right? But yeah, it's, it's some, no, it's some, true though. Some people is you just you can't fix them. <laughs> no, exactly. But some people they they've had a certain amount of training or they think that they're great in their eyes, probably that role, but then actually they might not, you know, be as great as they assume that they are, especially yes. in you know mechanics and that's a pretty skilled area, isn't it? You know, I wouldn't have a clue being a mechanic, but I mean, you know, you have to be on your A game, I think, probably, you know, 100% of the time because, yeah. you know, it's, people are paying a lot of money for their car and parts or whatever it is. But like when you when you talk about like planning ahead, what just came to my mind was like, if you kind of offer any advice, you know, people for like for interviews, like what, what advice would you give, do you think, if someone's, you know, going for a job interview or, um, you know, even at an interview, do you think? Um, well, for example, job interviews, I, I do a lot of uh, mentoring to prepare uh, people for an interview. Uh, the first thing I do is we'll have a Zoom call. And I don't care if I'm on Zoom. If they show up for the Zoom call and they're in jogging pants and a T-shirt, I'll be like, what are you doing? And they'll be like, well, we're going to go over interview questions today. I said, yeah, I told you we're going to have a mock interview today. So I should see a suit and tie or a nice blouse or, you know, and they'll be like, oh. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, let's just go over some of the questions today. Let's do a mock interview tomorrow. And then the next day they're, you know, shined up, got their hair slicked, you know, rub their eyebrows back and they're ready to go. And you know, it's presentation. If you come in and you're so relaxed and, and you're just wearing whatever clothes you don't, you know, you want that presentation. I don't, in today's society, if somebody showed up in a three-piece suit with, you know, ultra shiny shoes, sat down across from me in an interview, honestly, I would think, what's up? <laughs> Why is this guy dressed to the nines? But if he comes in, you know, nice slacks, you know, a nice shirt, you know, he's clean cut, ready to go. I know he's, he's prepared a bit. But some of the other things that you can prepare for in an interview is questions, questions, and look, your, look at yourself in the mirror, practice with friends. People don't understand how important that is that when somebody asks you a question, and you have an HR manager or a couple managers staring at you and you're like, um, well, oh, that's a hard question. Right there, it's like, huh. But if I ask you, hey, what do you like to do in your life? And you just like, boom, 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 rattle it off. You know, I like to drive my car, I, I walk my dog and, and you paint a little bit of a story around it, but you keep it short. You don't carry on about your dogs for 45 minutes because then you start losing the, the people that are interviewing you, right? It's short to the point, but paint a little bit of a, a, a story in there. And yes, it does take some critiquing. I have people that, you know, they practice, they, they give me an amazing answer. But once again, it's a 15 minute answer for a very simple question. 
It's like, okay, well, I'll cut this out, cut that out, make it short to the point. I like to walk my dogs. My dogs are everything in my life. This is the style of dog I have. Is there any questions you have about dogs? No? Okay, next question, right? It's just short to the point and uh, paint the picture a little bit. And another thing about interviewing is always this question comes up 95% of the time, and that's always research the company you're, you're applying for. I get that. If, if I do 10 interviews, maybe three or four of them actually know what, what my factory is and the position that I was advertising. Some people come in, I don't know. I just want a job. Okay. And, and I have, I've hired people. I'm, I'm in a cabinet making uh, industry, you know, woodworking shop. And I take somebody, they interview pretty good, but they knew nothing about my factory. I take them down. And once they realize they're working in dust and sawdust all day long, they're like, oh, well, I didn't sign up for this. It's, okay. So you didn't realize that we're in the woodworking industry. Okay. Not a problem. So actually what we did is we instituted after we had several people that actually came in and said, well, this is, this can be dusty and, you know, I have allergies and so on and so forth. What we do now is we'll do a standard interview. And if there's somebody that we like, we take them on a plant tour immediately. So they know. And then when we call them up, we say, Hey, you're the successful candidate. Can you see yourself working here? You know, is woodworking what you want and then some people will say no i don't see myself working around sawdust day in day out right so it's also altering our practices to try and make sure people understand what it is they're applying for but you know researching a company that you're applying for is is pinnacle it's pinnacle now mind you some companies you go on and they have a, an extremely poor website that's very vague. That's where you got to kick into networking. You know, go on LinkedIn or, you know, ask around, ask your friends in manufacturing. Do you know somebody from this place? And try and find out a little bit about the factory, you know, or facility or the office. And, you know, do that research, that extra 15 minutes, half hour, an hour of your day could mean that job, you know, that pay raise, that career level that you want to get to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I love that advice. And I think that's really, really crucial and key. And, you know, you mentioned the, you know, preparation and doing a bit of research for the company and the role, you know, is, is really important as well, I think, because I, I know, for five, I learned the hard way one time. I remember I had an interview. I just wanted a job. And I remember I remember applying for this job and then going for the interview. And there must have been about five people sat on this long table. And I think it was like a role similar to what I'm doing, but for a different company. And I just kind of put the application in, put whatever on the questions. And I sat down on this table in front of them all and they just went through and, and like popped me one every, you know, they asked me really all these questions about the application. I didn't, I didn't even know. And I remember just sitting there and being like, oh my God, it was like The Apprentice. 
<laughs> and, I, and in my head, I was like, I, I wish I would have um, tried one, tried harder, you know, reviewed what the role even was and the company and everything, and um, prepared more. And but I, I had to feel that dread to be like, okay, next time I'm going to do the other stuff. I'm going to make sure next time I research and everything else. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't advise doing that, but um, yeah. but like what you said, you know that preparation is is crucial. And the, and when I went for this job that I have now, I I remember right, it was on Zoom actually. It was a Zoom interview, two people, and I wrote down the the company motto, you know, when it was established and how many offices they have and ran, you know, rows of random stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when they asked me or if they didn't ask me I kind of had it all there but you know that like you said it kind of goes back to experience I think when you have things that don't work out you that's how you learn sometimes isn't it but yes yes for you as, as an interviewer you want to see that the person's made an effort and like you said in their presentation as well you know there's kind of I think times have changed a lot haven't they and you kind of have to be smart, but you don't have to be too like look, look looking like you're going to a wedding or something like that. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. If you if you get overdressed and come in in a tuxedo, like I said, I'm gonna think like, what's up? <laughs> but you know, it's it has happened. It has happened. I had a gentleman walked in for a factory job just on the floor packaging stuff. And this guy came in and, you know, he looked like he was the CEO of the company, had the leather briefcase and everything. And I had to keep, I had to keep looking at the HR manager. I'm like, he knows it's just a factory job, right? (laughs) (laughs) But did, we did hire him. And it was so funny because in his career, he had been an office worker for so many years and then he was downsized. And then here he is, he's looking for a survival job. So he gets a job in manufacturing her, his first day of work, he showed up in a suit with his briefcase. And it's like, Hey champ, you're not going to need that stuff. <laughs> he's like, well, isn't this how you dress for effect? No, no. <laughs> you yeah. just rip jeans and a t-shirt and away you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, but I, I've, you know, I've, I've been to the rodeo. I've, I've seen a lot of things in my manufacturing career, and I've had people that come in. They've researched the company. They know everything. Like, they know more stuff than I know, and it's like, wow. And they networked, and they're amazing. And then you hire them, and they're the worst worker you've ever had. You know, their, their attendance sucks and they're entitled. And But at the same time, they put so much passion and energy into researching the company because they wanted that. Inevitably, it wasn't a good fit for them, but they wanted it. And it goes to show that if you break down that fear barrier, you can get what you want. Hopefully, it truly is what you want, you know. Hence, my, my, my own son, he's... He's working on his fourth diploma, plus before his uh, 
he secured all the other diplomas. He did a year of business finance and figured uh, crunching numbers wasn't his thing. Then he went through culinary arts, got his diploma, and uh, realized he didn't want to be a chef, didn't want to work over a hot stove every day. And then he uh, secured his diploma in uh, dietitian, nutritionalist. And, you know, it was hard for him to find a job in that market. And then he really poured his heart and his passion into uh, massage therapy. And then he got out there and started working. And it just inevitably, it just, he was missing something, right? That, that fulfillment. He, he enjoyed going to school. He enjoyed getting out there working. But that fulfillment is just not there. And now he's decided to go into, you know, it's like a computer programming or analytics and, and, you know, he will inevitably find what really sparks that passion and that fulfillment. Is it irritating for a parent? Yes, because, you know, I'm old school, you know, go to school, can't find a job in what you went to school for, then the hell with it, get a job in a factory and work, pay bills have kids, get a car, get a house, you know, that's, that's what society teaches us, you know, go to school, get a job, period. But I know, inevitably, uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of my son. He's worked so hard. He's, you know, just the life experiences he's learned. And I know when he nails, I know it's, it's going to be epic. You know, when he finds that, that groove, it's going to be epic. And that's the biggest thing. So many people are afraid. They went to school. They feel they failed, couldn't find a job in their market, get a job in a factory. And once again, you know, have kids, house, so on and so forth. They look forward to the weekend so they can go play baseball or hockey. And it's just, but then when you talk to them, it's like, well, I always wanted to do this. Always wanted to try that. And it's like, why don't you? I, I, I got a family. I got car payments. I can't quit my job. And it's like, okay, well, you know, winning, winning is amazing. And at the end of the day, you know, if you want to pay the bill on regret, then, then do it. You know, if you want to be 80 years old and regret your life, then that's the way you're going to be. Mm. But, rather my own children I'd rather them be fulfilled and if if they get 10 diplomas and 19 degrees and you know they finally find it then yes it's agitating because you kind of you kind of want them to go out and get a job you know do do your thing but at the same time I I you know being a, a very loving parent I want my kids fulfilled and as I mature more and more, you get older and older, it's, you just kind of want peace and happiness, right? And it's, that's what I try to pass on to my kids, find something. And once you guys get that passion and that fulfillment, it will be epic. Yeah, definitely. No, I love that. And I think like, you know, you said people doing certain jobs and, you know, you mentioned like your son and, you know, the the accomplishments that he's done and you know how he's pivoted and shifted and done different things and he's allowed himself to do that and I think that's like really important isn't it you know finding your feet and 
listening to yourself and saying to yourself, this isn't working. I'm going to try X, Y, Z. Yes. And taking that initial step and then say, maybe doing a degree or whatever education that you might need for it or something that you're interested in. But then it's ultimately kind of like you mentioned that fulfillment is, is the main thing, isn't it really? If you can find something that fulfills you, that's, you know, what you want in something it's that kind of extra drive is that gives you that push to do that thing and Mm -hmm. you know you supporting your son and being okay with him doing that and I think like that's what parents should be doing you know supporting their kid and then doing what they want and I think there's a lot of pressure on people when they're doing certain things because they might be worrying about oh what do other people think you know and you know, like just get a job and just kind of stay in that job and do that thing. But like you said, a lot of people are in regret because they're saying, well, I wish I did X, Y, Z. And Mm -hmm. the only thing stopping someone from doing it is probably themselves really. And people might say, I'm too old or I'm too this. And it it depends on your situation. But, you know, there's there's people who've, who've created businesses or changed jobs in all kinds of ages, isn't they really? And yes. Yes. You just gain life experience and like we were saying very early on, you have to try things out to find kind of what avenue you want to go down. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's like I said, it can be very frustrating. It can be frustrating for you know the the parents, the family, the friends around somebody, uh, but it can also be frustrating for the individual, you know. Um if you think you have life figured out, no, it's life will sideswipe you every day. But you think you have it figured out, and this is your plan of attack, and then you get out there and you realize this is not what I thought it was going to be. So that's where you get into that failure mode and how people perceive in society well, you know, I picked this avenue. Okay, well, you know mom and dad paid for a lot of this education or I paid for, you know, $30,000 for this education and uh, to hell with it. You know, that's, that's what I'm going to do. But yes, there is a monetary factor, but if you get into what you want, you find fulfillment, you find that passion, you're going to make that money up. You know, you're not going to lose that money. It's, it's all about that passion and the drive. That's, that is a really big thing right now. I I tell my own supervisors, you know, uh, my colleague and I, we signed up all our supervisors for educational platforms. And I've made it very clear to them. I want you guys to take all the courses on these platforms. And if you get really strong and you're really awesome and you got it going on and you turn around and tell me you got to leave, then I'll celebrate that fact because I know I helped you grow to get you that better job. Some companies, I, I've belonged to companies that do not believe in educational reimbursements or giving people education because if you train them extremely well, they're going to leave. Yeah. But the thing is, is if you don't train them well and they stay, you're, you're, you're stagnant, right? 
So it's one of those things where you have to embrace that. If you're going to train them very well, have the pride and knowledge that they may leave. And if they do, show them that it's no harm, no foul. I hope uh, down the road you think of me that I helped you get to the next level. And I'm constantly telling my supervisors, hey, did you take a course? Hey, did you take a course? Try this one. I'm using this one. Use that one. Here, here's a book to read. This book changed my life. And that's because I want people around me to think and grow. You know, if I have a supervisor that says, I just want to be the supervisor, you know, the next 20 years until I retire, it's like, okay, how much growth is going to be in the business if this person, you know, puts those blinders on, like, you know, a, a horse's blinders and just wants to do this the rest of his life. You know, I want visionaries. I want people working for me. One of my supervisors said he wants to be the next plan manager. That's awesome. I will prep you for that. You know, if I leave the job, I get fired, downsized, whatever. I will prep you for that because I know he wants to go to the next level and production is going to go to the next level, right? And that's, that's what a lot, of, a lot of factories that I've been a, a part of, they're, they're afraid of that educational aspect. Me, I embrace it. I push it big time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important, isn't it? You know, like, cause you said some people, if that's what makes them happy, fine. But I mean, like if you're just doing this, 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 yes. and you're staying in that single lane, you're pretty much blocking, you're possibly blocking off other opportunities and growth and other things. If you're not being trained or you're, just doing that role. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing that role, you got to pay the bills or whatever, or it's what you really enjoy. But like you said, you know, you're, that, that growth element isn't going to be the same, is it? If you're expanding yeah. your horizons and you're going into different areas. And, you know, it's, I think sometimes in human, I think in, in people, we're kind of wide to stay with what's safe and familiar sometimes, some people. But it's that, I think that that perception, that mindset of kind of going that one step further. And, you know, once you do grow and you, you learn, I think you kind of want more of that. You kind of think, okay, well, what's next? Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not always fear you know there is people out there that are happy and fulfilled just doing the same job every day they don't to them their bills are paid you know their wife or their husband is happy their kids are happy you know kids are in school everybody's in them their life is perfect you know it's not always fear but then you get into that fear factor some people are like well you know, I'm 55 years of age. I don't want to have to take this learning platform and go back to school. I never was good on tests. And, you know, yes, some of it's fear. Some of it's not. Some people are actually just fulfilled doing the basics in life. But do, do you and I think this is fulfilling? No, but that's our perception, right? Their perception is this is life. This is beautiful. You know, I go home at five o'clock. I have, I have dinner with my wife or my husband and my kids. And, and, you know, everybody's happy. We sit down and we watch, you know, TV together. We say goodnight. We say, I love you. And 
life is perfect. You know, it's, it's also that perception to us. It's like, okay, well, it's a stagnant life, but, but then you get into the fear factor. The fear factor is you, you know, when you see somebody, especially when I'm mentoring, they get that fear factor. Sometimes when I'm doing mock interviews on zoom, you can see somebody is just like, and that's just me. <laughs> I'm just their mentor. And they're just like, and they're answering the question is like, yep, this is what, and they're staring right into the, you know, it's like, dude, relax, relax, you know, get your hands going a bit. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's two different levels. There's, you know, some people are actually fulfilled. That's why they, they put those blinders on. This is life. But when you look for people that you want to excel and take over, it's the people that come up to me and say, I want your job. That's awesome. You can have it. Yeah. There you go. Here's the <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's, it's, it's that separation, isn't it? And I think supporting people um, in both those lanes. And I think like, you know, if they want to excel in that area, that's, that's fine. You know, if people are, you know, nervous, it's like telling them, you know, it's okay. And, you know, that I think, do you think that comes with like practice and trying things out? Because I, I know someone close to me who, you know, is trying to find out what they want to do, doesn't know what they want to do. And See, that's a hard one. Yeah. Doesn't know what they want to do. And, you know, is quite anxious with, say, interviews and stuff like that. And if you've had bad experiences in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, that do you think that can change people's mind or like their lack of trust and things? Yeah. Um, See, that that honestly is a hard one. If somebody. If somebody comes to me, they're, say, 25 years of age. You know, they, I actually, I can tell you, I, I have an individual, the uh, university degree in India, immigrated to Canada, has two college diplomas. All of them are different. And then I said, okay, well, you got a college diploma here, college diploma there, your, you know, a degree in this. And what do you want to do in your life? I don't know. And it's like, and then they asked me for help. Can you help me decide what I want to do? (laughs) No, you have to make that choice. I can say, well, try this, try that. But this is where we're going to get into uh, job hopping. Job hopping comes to mind right away because you're literally advising somebody, okay, go try this field. Give that a try. And of course, they get there and it's like, I don't like it. Okay, well, next job go try this. And it's very hard because you're trying to mentor somebody and then they come back to me three months later and say, Hey, can you mentor me again? Uh, Yeah, that job didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? Yeah, it just wasn't me. You know, it wasn't what I pictured. It's like, okay, so then you get them on a different path. And then they're like, No, seriously, do you know any really cool jobs that I might like? Well, I don't know become a become a rocket scientist i i think that'd be cool well you know it's like i i can't make the decision for you all i can do is try and give suggestions on what i know you're educated in and what i know your your passion is but 
you can focus on architecture, you can focus on being an engineer, and then all of a sudden I bump into the guy 15 years later and he's a, a horse trainer on a farm and he loves it and it's the greatest job. And it's like, okay, we just went off on a totally different tangent up there. Like, who would have seen that coming, right? And it's, that is a hard one when somebody comes to me at 25 and asks me to help sort their life out. Like that is, that's where you got to go through the, what I know, this is what I know. This is what I can see on your resume, you know, and, and these are your hobbies, you know, does anything in your hobby interest you? What kind of money do you have? Maybe you're meant to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you're meant to get out there and sell the world, you know? And it is hard because you want to see them succeed. But if they call you up three months later, which they, this one individual did and said, yeah, it wasn't for me. He went through multiple positions and then he, he settled on a job in quality. And uh, he's currently going through to get his quality engineering uh, uh, credentials. And he loves it. But from what he was educated in and he was all about mechanical engineering and uh, logistics and materials management. And then all of a sudden, boom, over to quality. And yet I never would have said, hey, why don't you try quality, right? So it is, it's hard. But at, at the end of the whole conversation, it comes back to you. What do you want to try? You know, I can give suggestions, but my suggestions may not be good. But yeah it's that that hard one sometimes yeah no I think, I think that's a really good point and i think it's like you said you can suggest from personal experience or kind of look at their cv or what previous experience they have or their interest and try and tie it into those areas but then they might at some point realize well i i want to try you know the horse riding or or you know it might be baking or something or you know, whatever it is, or fishing, even, you know, people, mm-hmm. you see, um, oh, there's a, there's a guy who's a, what's his name? Uh, something Johnson, uh, Action Bronson. He's a rapper, but he's yeah. also a chef. Yeah. And you think, Christ, he, he he's a chef, but he's, he's a rapper as well. Yeah. It's think, different tangents. <laughs> so he's obviously, you know, found, okay, well, I like this, but also, you know, I like hospitality as well. Yeah. So, but it's interesting, isn't it? You you try things out. You know, ultimately you have to try things out, don't you? Yes. And try and get over whatever hurdles are in your way, based on say negative experience or. I think that's a big thing because I remember when I, I had a few. I've had a few um, negative experiences with managers. Some not very great managers in some mm-hmm. restaurants I worked in many years ago, and when I went into the next job, I was fearful and I was wondering in my head, is this manager going to be like the previous one? Is yeah. all this previous experience going to be how, you know, how the next new situation is going to be? Yes. There's, there's always that fear. Like, you know, even myself, like it doesn't matter where you go. And I, I, I tell people this every when you're interviewing for a position, they're also, you're also interviewing them, right? 
you get in, if you start getting red flags or I actually went to an interview and I actually had an HR manager. Uh, the individual started getting very arrogant. Didn't like my answer. Felt that, you know, their opinion was different than mine and literally started impressing their opinion onto my answer. And right there, that's a red flag. Now, inevitably, they did call me and give me an offer. And I'm just like, hmm. So then once I got the red flag, I actually started doing some network, networking. And I bumped into a couple people that actually knew this individual and said, yes, this individual can be very pretentious. And then that really, that, that held a lot of weight for me. Like, okay, I'm trying to escape a very toxic environment that is just, it's out of control. And now I'm going to go get a really cool job, or at least I think it's cool. And I'm just going to jump into another toxic environment. Right. But this is where we get, that's where you get that experience. Right. A lot of people, they get an offer in front of them. They're like, hey. and you know, I got the job and you go there. And then six months later, it's like, oh, this sucks. Right. But as you get experience, you do like I did. You start to pick up. Now, some of that is years of martial arts training as well. So sometimes I can pick certain body language up and something irks me a certain way. And it's like, eh. but if you get that red flag, they send you an offer. It's, well, you know, I've reassessed my life at this point in time. I think I'm going to stay where I'm at. Or I've had other job offers that, you know, I want to see if they pan out. You know, thanks. Thanks for having me out. So it's, yeah, that, that, that can bode heavy on anybody, you know, am I have another jerk for a manager or is, is it going to all pan out? But every, every place you go to, you know, now, if it's, if it's a company that's got like four or five people in it, you know, not so much, I find smaller places don't have as much politics or rumors or all that crap. And then you start getting into the bigger places, you know, 500,000, 2000 people. And I'm sorry, but the company can tell you it's picture perfect and everybody smells daisies every day and smiles. And you get in there two weeks later, it's like, what the hell is this? Right. It's every institution has some kind of issue somewhere there's either little pockets of toxicity or you know you got arrogance over here you got people up there that want to succeed and literally will cut your throat to try and get ahead and throw you under the bus and you know it's but the more experience you get with human nature you know how to deal with those people you know how to get along with them work with them a lot of people say that I'm very easy going to work with, but as a boss, some days I can be extremely uh, demanding and direct. If I want something done, it gets done, period. No excuses. Let's get it done. Right now, you know, I, I lead the ship and we have financials. You know, we got to improve and this is how we're going to do it. Let's get it out the door. Boom. Gone. Right. But there's... You can be approachable, you can be the super nicest guy in the world, but even I know, like everywhere, even in my factory, you got little pockets, right? There's, uh, there's different characteristics, and sometimes those characteristics 
characteristics don't jive and but all the experiences i've had i know how to talk to them you know i know how to talk to this person and then you change your mask and go over and talk to this person and change your mask go over and talk to this person because you know you know how to deal with the people right but if you don't have those life experiences this guy's a jerk that guy's an ass you know this person's you know got his nose up the ceo's butt and it's yeah different perspective <laughs> yeah that's it and it's 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 like seems you know everyone as an individual isn't it and you know you have to have that approach to get certain things done because i think if you didn't wasn't able to have that approach then probably nothing would get done so you have to have that authority to okay well this is what we need to do you know da, 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 go and do it mm -hmm. we need this mm -hmm. being sent out you know I, I was talking to someone who's a manager um, a while back and he said it's amazing when you know he tells his staff okay well you know it's say one o'clock you know we need xyz done should we get it done and then we then we're out by four o'clock or whatever he said once you tell them you know hey well, here's what we need to do do it we can go it for five you know then they're like yeah okay well we'll do it but if yeah. people don't delegate or maybe say okay well here's what we need to do people might just be goofing off for x amount of time whereas if they know in their head if they can work and they can you know finish at whatever time it probably gives that incentive to crack on yes. it. yes yes incentives i've always loved incentives like i've you know i i worked previously for a multi-billion dollar organization and like staff barbecues were once a year uh i was there for four years and i i got i think one t-shirt out of the deal and I didn't crave that. Like, I don't go to a company for the t-shirts, right? I don't go to the company for the staff barbecues, but it's appreciated. You know, when you have a really rough month and everybody's crushing the numbers and your boss comes out and he's an amazing boss, gives you a high five. That's cool. That's awesome. But if he, if he gives you a high five and then says, Hey, you know, let's, ha let's have some hot dogs and hamburgers or, you know, let's throw some steaks on the barbecue. And it just, it, it adds to that, that praise, you know, and we do at my facility, we, we try and strive, you know, we have health and safety goals, you know, we, we try and do certain metrics and, you know, we have, uh, right now actually we've been doing pretty good we've been having pizza parties we got to the point where four months in a row having a pizza party people literally said okay i'm tired of pizza it's like okay well let's have, let's have a barbecue now but the employees they they love it and and i love it you know i love going down and barbecuing and and giving my people that high five and saying like, I appreciate you, you know, I'm out here in the hot sun sweating my, my butt off. And I like it, you know, because I know it's only a hot dog or a hamburger, but it's, you know, that, that small extra gesture other than a high five, 
and t-shirts you know we we try and pass a few t-shirts out here and there and get some swag for the people i get uh uh gifts there's a certain company that i deal with and if i buy uh a bunch of products from them they'll send a gift well previously a lot of those gifts would just get handed out you know supervisors would take it or this person would take it but I said, no, as soon as I started there, I said, no, we just accumulated all, all the gifts. And then also with the social committee, they'll, they'll uh, accumulate some money. And at the end of the year, we'll count up the gifts. And this is our employees. We're missing 10 gifts. So we'll go out and buy 10. That way at Christmas time, everybody gets a gift, right? And it's just giving back and not trying to be an opportunist like oh cool you know this this vendor sent me a gift i'm gonna take it home and and see if the dog likes his new cot you know um but it, to me i think it's incentivizing and really showing those people that you appreciate them and giving them that little extra right yeah it's it's providing that value isn't it and appreciating and respecting your employees and who you work with and i think that goes a long way and i think sometimes that can be i know for me that was the difference between me leaving and staying in a job because i just wanted that boss or the manager to say good job and i remember yeah. you know i was like thinking well if, if i don't get an appraisal this week then i'm i'm gone because you know i'm working and you want mm -hmm. that appraisal for your hard work and your time, don't you? And I think it's great that you're creating that good culture in the company where you can, you know, do barbecues and you can reward, you know, your staffs and that sense of community, isn't it? And getting, getting to know people as well. Yeah, I think it's really, really important. And um, it's, it's something I think, you know, companies should do more, you know, really in some way. Yeah. And everybody, when you're harboring that, that sense of community and that, you know, kind of your family away from family, because you spend a lot of time at work and, you know, you work with somebody for 10, 15 years, they're just like family, right? But it's important that everybody, everybody, like my boss will call me up. He's, uh, he's the president and he's down in the United States, he'll call me up every now and again and say, like, thanks. And to me, it's like, I don't need it, but I need it, right? Like, I'm the leader of my facility, and, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I make good decisions. I make bad decisions. If I make a bad decision, I try and live through it and try and correct my, my, myself to make a better decision next time. Because nobody can make rock star decisions every day but for my boss to take time out of his day and call me up and say hey thanks you know it's it's that but what i do find really resonates is you know i have a colleague who who's grown to be a very good friend of mine and she's the hr manager and when she comes up and says like hey i overheard your conversation with you know the supervisor this employee and I just want to tell you that that direction and and what you what you did is absolutely amazing. And I've never really had like a colleague come right up to me and say, "Hey, I overheard heard something and I think you're amazing." You know, I've never had that. 
And, you know, my, my colleague, when she did that the first time, I'm just like, wow, maybe I am making an impact. Right. And it's, you know, amazing colleagues as well. They, they support you and they make you want to come to work. They, they, uh, and then you support each other, like not just, not just her, but other colleagues. If, if some of my, uh, some of my other staff, you know, they're having a rough day, you know, you, you want to crack that joke. You want to make them feel comfortable so that they actually want to come to work. Just to ask you a, a question. Hey, you know, my dog died. I'm feeling down. What do you think? You know? And it's feeding off of each other. That's what inevitably will build that culture. But yes, you know, that, that little extra on top of a high five or a handshake, you know, that some, some companies swear that it's just, you know, why, why throw t-shirts and swag and stuff at people because they expect it all the time. Well, yes and no. I've, I found in my experiences, some people, they don't, they don't care if they get another t-shirt they, they want that high five, but then again, you give them the t-shirt the next day, they're, you know, they got it on and they got it on once or twice a week. Right. And it's also showing that, that solidarity in the company. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's the important thing, isn't it? And that solidarity, you know, keeps the, you know, com company going, keeps the workers, you know, doing what they got to do. And I think it's, it's, it's being that being noticed, isn't it, for your work and that company, you know, uh, valuing what you are doing and mm -hmm. all kind of all kind of connects together. And um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's a really, really good, you know, conversation we've had and, the, you know, the topics that, we've covered because I think it's something that people should talk more about if that makes sense mm -hmm. but I, yes. I've never really heard like kind of reflecting on the things we talked about I've never really heard a podcast kind of go into these kind of things you know in employment uh companies you know corporate world and people I think it's it's something really important and you know something we should talk more about but I you know I appreciate you know like being your friend, Vic, and you know, I'm really, really grateful. You know, we can we can have these discussions, and um, you know, I've really, really enjoyed it. And like, and also, like, where where can people find like you know your um, Instagram website or whatever you use? And you know, um, well, currently, currently, I'm just I'm just on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Just Vic Kinsella. Um, I am slowly designing a, uh, I actually designed a logo and in about uh, seven, eight days, I'll be working with a web designer to get a website going. And as, as I had mentioned to you, I'll be getting my life coaching uh, credentials, uh, certified life coach, as well as executive life coach. And then I want to take my mentoring that I do because over the course of the year, I can, I can mentor or have mentored up to a hundred people. This year has been pretty stressful at work with, with some issues, as I had mentioned to you. So this year I've probably maybe 20, 25 mentees. 
Um, but I want to start taking it to that level. You know, I, I don't have all of life figured out, but a lot of the people that I've gotten thank you letters from and stuff makes me realize that maybe, you know, I want to do a little bit of life coaching on the side. So in the future, I will have a up and running website and I'll pass that on to you and, and we can always, you know, put that out there as well. That's awesome. But, um, you know, I think it's great everything that you're doing and, you know, I wish you all the best and, you know, your website and, you know, everything that you're building and you're, you know, it's great that you're doing coaching and mentoring and, you know, I wish you continued success with that. I think, you know, it's really awesome what you're doing and helping other people. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it's always great talking to you, Vic. And, um, you know, I really hope you have a great day and I look forward to next time. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. No, I always welcome you. No, you too, man. Appreciate it. Got it,